Jeff. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on. Uh, the first question we always start with is, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to blokes to be 1% better every day? Um, yeah, well, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking um, something that I needed to go through a lot when I was younger was controlling the controllables. Um, I guess as blokes, we quite often like to fix things. Um, we like to, you know, see a problem and try and solve it, and it's not always our reality. Um, can't always do that. So, yeah, just being able to control those controllables really more than anything. Um, you know, getting to the bottom of it, um, having a look at different things like um, what's actually important and controlling those things. So and then just let the rest sort itself out. All right. The next is a um, little bit about you. So who are you, uh, where you're from, and what do you do for a crust? Yep. Uh, born on the northwest. Oh, no, I wasn't born on the northwest coast, was I? Um, lived in the northwest coast the last 30-something years. Um, so since I was a young bloke, uh, so I grew up here, yeah, uh, working in employment services, been doing that for the last five, six years before that, was in hospitality, fast food, retail, um, childcare for a while. The next question um, is a little bit about your mental health journey. So obviously this is primarily, uh, I guess, a mental health sort of podcast, I guess. Yep. Maybe just men's health, I guess. Yeah, Probably. we're transitioning. We're moving, broadening, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So Men's health, um, we can probably talk about that in another episode. But um, for now, Jeff, just tell us a little bit about, I guess, your story. So you're obviously here to share a little bit about who you are and, and, and give some advice to people that might be listening. So yeah, when are you? Okay, cool. Can, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I guess, I guess the first time I really was aware of any mental health um, issues or anything like that was when I was in my teenage years. Um, Mum was diagnosed with cancer when I was about 14, 15. Um, it was just the two of us living at home, so I started, you know, having to be her full-time carer as well as going to school and everything and working and everything like that. So it was a bit of a bit of a rough track. Um, that went on for probably about four, four and a half, five years. Um, through that time, you know, there was countless, you know, medical issues and everything like that that she had as well as some psychological as well. So she had her own mental health issues. And she ended up taking her own life back when I was about 19, 19 years old. So, yeah, that's probably when it started. Um, from there, um, I don't know, got, got married, had, had a few kids, um, and then life just happens and, you know, you suffer a few other things along the way. So I lost my father when I was 25, 26 to cancer. Um, lost my niece to SIDS. Um, but, yeah, there was a quite, a, quite a lot of shit that happens. Wow. That's he doesn't it? Pretty that's, rough. Um, it's a tough go. Yeah, I don't muck around, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, a lot, a lot sort of happened for you, um, and you know that there's probably not too many people that can relate, um, yeah, super to your story because it is obviously so unique. But for you, what have been some of the? Obviously, they're all challenging, but what have been some of the biggest supports that you've had um, to help you get through uh, some of those challenging times or all of those challenging times? I guess. Um, I don't know. I guess it's ma- making sure that you know you do focus on on those things that you know you can you can control. I guess, like I was saying before. Um, so I, I used to work and study, and you know um, whether I relied on other family around me to help pick me up when I was down, or friends, or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Um, I had seen doctors and everything like that about my mental health and. Diagnosed with depression, um, they classed it as I think it was recurring situational depression. They called it. Um, so having to 
deal with that and I was medicated, put on a um, couple of different medications on trials and stuff like that as well as having to see counsellors. Yeah. yeah, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm still trying to work through the, the toughness of it all. Like it's just – I guess it's, that's the, um, like it's, it's no no one goes through any story the same as anyone else, and um, that's you know that that's just my journey. That's just where I've come from, and you know I, I guess it's about adversity and what, what you overcome in that time, and you know you come out on top in the end, and yeah, still yeah. here and having a couple of beers and it's all good. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Aaron said, you know, that a lot of people might not be able to super relate, but these pieces, I don't think anyone can super relate to anyone's story. I think mm. there's pieces that you like, you know, we've lost dads. Um, there's, there's bits and pieces that we can sort of relate to. But did you go down any bad paths? Like, you know, did you find after anything particular, like, oh, geez, I probably shouldn't have turned to grog there? Or, you know, did you get on the, did you get on the fitness train real hard? And, you know, a lot of people tend to do that sort of thing or they just find one thing, they just focus on real hard to help recover. The, the fitness side of things was never my thing. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with um, you there. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, never been my thing. But, um, oh, look, I guess, um, you know, after mum passed away and everything like that, um, it wasn't long after that that I met my wife at the time too. So, you know, got married and had a few kids. I was quite young at the time as well. Um, and, you know, I guess that helped me through it as well. Um, but in saying that, during – during our marriage, it was pretty, you know, had its tough times as well. That's when dad passed away when we, while we were married and um, I had been diagnosed with depression during that time. Well, relapsed from my depression, I guess, during that time. Um, and I guess that's the thing too, you know, you've got to be aware that, you, that that does happen and then be aware of your triggers from that. So, um, yeah, no, when I was um, when I was married and, you know, dad died, that was pretty, that was a breaking point for me. So you mentioned that you have kids. Yep. Um, and to, to segue a little bit, um, we usually try to ask people, like, if they do talk about having kids and to steal this from the Hamish Blake podcast, um, how are the dads? Dad, what are your dad's stats? How many how many kids? Yep. What age? All right. So I've got a uh, stepdaughter, uh, 21 years old. Um, I've got a son who is 13, um, daughter who is 10, and daughter that's nine. Talk to us a little bit about, um, so one, raising kids, um, but two, I guess maybe some of the challenges of raising kids while you're also going through all that kind of stuff um, yep. yourself because obviously they would have been there at that point. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that was obviously quite challenging. So talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I guess raising kids is, a, you know, it's got its ups and downs. It's a rollercoaster for everyone, I think. Um, it's not – it's never going to be a walk in the park for anyone. Um, but, you know, it's um, one of the best things I've ever done um, is having kids. So – uh, really, really rewarding. But in saying that, when I was going through the depression and everything, um, yeah, that kind of sucked. So when I had that first relapse, probably was just before Dad passed away. Um, so my daughter Lexi had just been born, so she's my ten-year-old now. Um, and yeah, no, that was that that was hard. Um, just wanted to kind of shut off from, you know, life. And was kind of a bit dead inside and, you know, don't want to go to family events, don't want to do anything with the family, don't want to leave the house. Yeah. So it was pretty shit. How, how do you find that now? Like- now? Um, look, um, my wife and I, we're, we're really good friends now, but we separated uh, quite a few years ago, um, probably eight years ago now. And during that, from when we separated, I was still suffering depression quite a bit um, and did to, did so for a few years. 
Um, so really struggled, really struggled for the first couple of years. Um, but now, yeah, look, uh, things probably couldn't be better than what they are now. What are you doing now for sort of your mental health and um, and and where are you at in life now as far as like emotionally and sort of yeah, okay. all the rest of it? Um, so, Jeff, now, um, I guess one of the things that I was really battling with too was a bit of my identity um, as well. Um, so about 18 months after I separated from my wife, I came out as gay. Um, so that was – Bit of a turning point and probably a bit of a load off the shoulders because um, she was weighing pretty heavy on me. Um, but no, from there, yeah, um, Jeff now, he's just, yeah, just kicking goals now, um, which is really good. Uh, one of the things I did notice, started to have a relapse a couple of years ago back in my depression again, and I was able to go to the doctor and, you know, just spoke to the doc and said, hey, mate, look, I know that this, this, this is what's happening. Um, and these are the measures I want to take. I didn't want to go down the medication path, anything like that. And he was really happy to support me because I was able to recognise what I needed to get through it. So, if you don't mind me asking, can you talk to us a little bit about through that that transition period between you know obviously having a wife and, and kids and then um, coming out as a, a gay man? Obviously, the identity sort of challenges there and, and the depression. Uh, are you happy to talk a little bit about that yeah, because yeah. I think. There's probably a lot of men and women out there that are yeah. going through some similar challenges um, and to hear from someone that's been there and done that. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know powerful. really. Like, you know, it had its, you know, the, the transition phase, I guess, like you know, coming from, um, you know, being, you know, seen as a heterosexual bloke and then moving towards, you know, me actually admitting it to myself probably more than anything was probably the biggest thing. Um, I think I was just in denial for a lot, a long time. Um, apparently, my family knew long before I did. It's easy in hindsight, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think my auntie had the best reaction. She's the guy, oh, Jeffrey, we knew for the last two bloody decades. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And, and advice for young, younger, like younger guys and girls that are going through that sort of now. It's your journey, like. Don't let anyone else dictate how, how how you need to get through it, how whether you need to come out, whether you don't need to come out. It's it's your own choice and you do it at your own pace. Um, it's your own story. So, yeah, you just got to live it yourself. You can't let anyone else dictate it. Yeah. What was the fear holding you back, do you think? You don't – did you have like a fear with people going to not <clears throat> like you anymore? Were you going to lose your friendship group or um, – Look, there was a little bit of that. Um, when I was a lot younger, I had um, – a lot of involvement around the church and around a Christian upbringing and everything as well. So, you know, I was actually working for a small Christian, like for a family that was a small Christian business as well. Um, yeah. And they were devout Christians, so kind of packing it a bit yeah. on how that was going to be received, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, look, um, friends come and go at, at the end of the day. Some, some, you know, the tree ones stick around. But mm-hmm. I think when I did come out, you know, yeah, there were definitely a few a few people that decided just to ditch um, some family as well, um, but that's yeah, that's one of their problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Their loss for sure. Yeah, keeping ownership of your story. I think we've seen a lot of that recently with media. As you know, not not that everyone's a celebrity, but you see a lot of media taking the story away from people before, like like oh, we've got the big, this big scoop. I think it was probably Rebel Wilson or someone like that, mm. and and that was a big. Uproar about that 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 
the story was taken away from her to tell. Um, so that's a bit, that's, yeah, it, that resonated with me a bit. It's, you know, you're the keeper of your own story, you know, not so much the keeping of your own story, but don't take other people's stories away from them. Yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree with that. And I think it's not just for those that are going through like, you know, whether they're coming out LGBT, any, anyone like that, but any part of anyone's story, the adversities that they overcome, um, depression, um, like that black dog is a killer for some people. Not everyone wants to know it. Not everyone needs to know it. It's your own story. It's your own journey, but you need to talk about it to the people that you want to talk about it and you know, the people that you trust and yeah. Yeah. You don't need things slandered all over the place. Yeah. So it goes back to Toby's comment too that, you know, he he was he went to hospital and then the town started up the room. It sucks. And I, and I think that's one of the, you know, dramas that we have living in, you know, a place like Tassie. Um, it's a small place. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. Yep. So, there's not yeah. there's not much other news if they don't talk about it. It's that's really, right. So they just they just do it. How do you shut them off the room is when you did if they did ever appear, did you do you have a coping mechanism for them? Like, I don't know. There were probably more rumors before I came out, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was just. Did any of your close friends like approach you about it beforehand? Yeah. 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 Um, ended up before I actually came out um, publicly, I'd come out to a few close knit friends um, that, you know, they were okay with it. My godparents um, over in Victoria as well. And yeah. yeah. Um, and just having that chat with them, just. Let them know where I stand, where I am, who I am. Um, I think was the. If you don't mind, sort of to to segue away from sort of that sort of topic and probably dive more into your mental health sort of state. Mm. So I know you mentioned that you were sort of diagnosed um, with with depression. Yep. Um, how is that sort of sitting now? Like, I think the big thing is awareness and self awareness. Um, so I, I think now where I'm at is pretty darn good. Probably the best I've ever been um, because of that awareness. Um, as I was saying last time I went to the doctor, um, when I had a relapse, I just said to them, I said, look, I said, I want to, you know, go, go down this path. I would like to get a mental health plan going um, so I could go talk to someone. Um, but also I needed to look after myself because when you've got mental, when you're talking about mental health and mental illness, you also got to have mental fitness. It's no different to, um, you know, you want to be. Talk to us a little bit. What's mental fitness to you? So, so mental fitness to me, um, uh, just taking care of yourself and it comes back down to like, you know, a bit of exercise, diet, sleep, um, just re- those healthy routines. So a lot of those physical sort of the, 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 the same things that you do to look after your physical health yeah, and your mental health? 100%. And just getting some of those things on on track have a huge effect on your mental health and mental well-being. You were talking a little bit about building your, your mental fitness and before I then sort of um, stopped you in your wake. What what was sort of the next steps that um, you've sort of done or taken to to help with your mental health um, where it is today? I guess it's no different. Like you go to the doctor for a checkup, you kind of got to give yourself a bit of a mental health checkup every now and then. Um, just check in, see how you're going, um, and just reflect on yourself and what you're doing. Are you doing all the right things? Um, and trying to sit where you're at. I think a little bit of reflection, you know, it doesn't hurt every now and then, even whether it's, whether it's just brain dump and you know, you write yep. things down or whether you um, go for a walk, whatever it be. Um, but, yeah, you just try and think about, okay, where am I at at the moment? And I think that's the main thing. Yeah, no, 100%. So the other thing that you mentioned as well, and probably something that's worthwhile explaining to people, um, how does the process look for um, getting in touch with a GP and actually having a, a mental health plan sort of created? Um, yeah, so 
um, I guess I'm pretty lucky in the sense that I've been seeing the doctor that I see now for the last, you know, however many years now. So he kind of knows my story a bit. Um, so for me, it's literally just making that appointment. Um, I ask for a longer appointment than usual. So usually appointment, I think, is about 15, 20 minutes. So I ask for one to go for about half hour or so. They booked me in and ended up going in there and having a chat to him and just let him know where I was at. Um, and because I'd been down this road before, I kind of knew the triggers. I knew where I was at. I knew what I needed. Um, I guess if I go back a little bit, the time before that I was put onto medications and those medications didn't help my mental health, but they actually helped me slow down and realise what I needed to do to get better and then just keep those things in track. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, I need to speak to someone now. So, yeah. So I got that mental health plan with the doctor and ended up booking in, getting a referral through to a um, psychologist. And Yeah, obviously having having that experience multiple times over, you know the situation and the, and the, the feelings and the and the – you know, the, you know, the feelings where, you know, you need to rip the handbrake on and say, no, nah, time for a check, time to go in and get yeah. something, something, something planned in. Was the first time going there to the doctor, like nerve-wracking in a way to seek that mental um, health support? Yes and no. Um, as I was saying before, everyone's story is a bit unique and everything like that. Um, the first time was only a few weeks after my mum passed away. So I knew that something wasn't right. I wasn't sleeping properly or anything like that. So I went to the doctor and asked for some sleeping tablets. Um, I guess credit to the doctor. He said, no, I want to know a bit more about what's going on. Um, so I think a lot of doctors don't do that sometimes. Um, so he goes, no, nah, I'm not just giving you some pills. Like, you know, let, let's let's see what's going on a little bit, you know, dive a little bit deeper, I guess. Uh, worked my way through that, put on some medication. Didn't help. Went back, got some new medication. Um, but yeah. It's obviously a really challenging thing to, to sort of go through. But um, with that mental health plan, like once you've finished it, the doctor um, and you you caught up with um, a psychologist after after that. Do you mind? Sort of, how does that sort of process? Uh, how does it look? Um, I guess, I guess here in Tassie, we're really unfortunate. Like waiting lists to get into psychologist at the moment are insane. Um, so, I had about a three to four month waiting list, um, which kind of sucked. Um, mm. So at, at the time, it was trying to find other measures, making sure I was getting on top of my sleep, diet, and exercise or I went and saw someone because um, that was, you know, what I could do. Yeah. Other than that, just relying on, you know, chatting to other people around me in my networks. Yeah. Yeah, no, support networks are, are really important and we spoke to, to Toby about that um, in the last sort of uh, podcast. We were chatting with him about his support networks and how he had a close group of people around him which have been of huge help to him. Um. One of the last questions that I sort of ask people when we're on the pod is um, around some advice that you would give to your past self. So what advice would you give to 20-year-old Jeff and what advice would you give to 30-year-old Jeff? It's probably the same advice no matter what age I was. A lot of the time we overthink things and I think that's that, that can be a bit of a killer. Um, sometimes we, you know, we can catastrophize things and just you know, make things out to be worse than what they're actually going to be. Um, and I guess it's just keeping in mind, I guess, you know, the, the nugget of wisdom, if you want to take it away, would be um, that thoughts aren't fact. Whatever your thoughts are, it's not, it's not going to be what's actually happening or, you know, it's not the reality of the situation, um, that it is something that can be worked through. And, yeah, just nut it out from there. No, thanks very much, mate. Really good point. Um, and, look, if, if anyone listening to this podcast or watching it on um, any of the various platforms that we have it shared on, 
um, have any sort of negative emotions or feelings sort of come up from that and they want to have a chat with someone, um, I suggest calling Lifeline on 13 11 14 um, or reach out to your local GP. Um, as Jeff mentioned, getting that sort of mental health plan um, underway is obviously a good start. Um, and just like Toby, um, Jeff mentioned about checking in on yourself. So thanks very much, everyone. Uh, I think that's that's pretty much it from, from us. Um, thanks, Jeff. Cheers. All good. Thanks, Jeff. Cheers. Cheers.